many boffins died to bring us this podcast. Hello, this is episode 15 of the Weekly Song Podcast. My name is Roger Heathers, as with me, as always, is my co-host... Declan Kitchener. Hello. Hello, Declan. Hello. How are you this week? I'm fine, but I'm nervous because there's someone else in the room. There is. We have a special guest today. We have uh, Matt Partridge from the band Majaro. Hello, Hello, Matt. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Don't be nervous on account of me. Like, I think <laughs> I feel more nervous than you guys are, to be honest. This is not a usual happening for me. Well, well so you're laying back and you're quite chill about it, to be fair, <laughs> so... Uh... Well, that's all you can do in these situations, is, you know, fake it till you've got it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we're kind of, like, a little more nervous now that we've seen your band, because your band's really good. Yeah, so... it's awesome. We try. <laughs> And I listened to um, I listened to some of your uh, your EP the other day. Yeah. And uh, you play all the stuff on the EP yourself, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Um, but like you transfer it to like a band setting. And uh, yeah, we saw you in Red Ruth the other night. And uh, anyone who's listening should totally check out Majaro because you guys are really good. Thanks, man. That's so, really cool. Uh, so for anyone who's like hearing the podcast for the first time, what we do is we write a song in a week uh, without each other hearing it. I never know how to phrase this. We write a song in a week without each other hearing it, and then we play it on the podcast, and it's like. Uh, a surprise for yes, every, then, everyone involved. So. And then once we've uh, heard each other's songs, we tear them apart and um, discuss them and the ideas and the theory behind it. And, if, and this is probably the least eloquent way we've done this intro in a very long time. <laughs> it's, right. it's natural. Right. Now, we do have a bit of a rule in this podcast. If we ever have guests, they do tend to go first. So um, I believe, Matt, that means it's time for you to play some music. Oh, OK. All right. Didn't expect that. <laughs> I mean, we have given you the most awkward chair you as mean. well. Yeah, that's true. It's a deliberate attempt at sabotage. What is your song called this week? It's called Modify. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. I like that word. <laughs> like, my, my songs always end up with like one word names, so yeah, we'll no, go for it's it. It's not a bad thing. No. Um, so I've actually got to remember how to play it because okay. Just be 
terrified, but let me see the real view. becoming a thing Roger that is not becoming a thing I love that I love the um, way the chords work against that. you get that F sharp to the um, A to the E it feels very Foo Fighters but I love the way you got that that's exactly what I thought when I wrote it the ringing sort of yeah. suspension for this, you. this could be off the first album I I think I was thinking the same thing it also reminds me of like Learn to Fly a little bit for some reason mm, like that's, yeah. that's or the feel yeah. the feel of it yeah and um, it had what I like in, in what I've heard of your songs at open mics and stuff, mm. um, in that like it's not just strummed chords, it's like got some like more intricate guitar work in it, which is what I like about your playing. Yeah, no, so thank you. I was hoping for that. When you came <laughs> in, so. I like the way that the chords sort of change emphasis on where the timing lies. Like in the verses, it tends to be more F sharp A E, like on a. And then by the time you get to the. Um, uh, Chorus, it gets to the A to E to F yeah, sharp. Yeah, it's yeah. the same chord, but you it's change same. where the emphasis is. I didn't, it, I, didn't even, I didn't even realize that I'd done that. That's the thing. And then I was like, oh no, it's the same three chords. After chuck a bridge in. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a cool bridge as well. Like, I didn't yeah. even, I've never sung the lyrics to the bridge till today. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I jotted them on my phone last night and I didn't even really have an idea of how I was going to sing it, so it just came out the way it did. That's awesome. Yeah, those. I kind of like shot Declan a glance because we're like a big fan of like modulation and stuff. Mm. When you played, and I'm not sure what it was, it started on a C, I believe, and it just kind of goes up. And so it started on the B, the B7, I believe. And then oh, okay. it's a C major, G major, D major 7th to A major, and then back to the B. That's, really kind of cool. some, that's something I like doing in songs where you just write but you just only use major chords and it, yeah, sounds, yeah. it sounds really Nirvana y and nice. Yeah, yeah. That's a cool thing, yeah. So, tell us about how you wrote it a little bit. Well, I was kind of, I was discussing with Deck about a week before about the sort of idea I was thinking of writing a song in when it got to the stage where it was time to write, and I sent Deck a little link. Oh yes, I remember this. Yeah. And it was this guy called Brushy One String, which my my girlfriend had told me about, and it was really cool because. I mean, he was just like, it was the simplest thing, it, and it, it was like a really good example of how the simplest sort of bass line or anything like that can make a good song if you slap a good vocal melody on the top of it. And it, it was kind of something like... All the way through, and then he had this like... Chicken on the corn, and the corn will grow, oh. And it's just like... Right. Really catchy, but yeah. it's that, those two notes all the way through, basically. I've got a question. Yeah. Does he literally have one string on his guitar? He literally yeah, has one what, string the, the on lowest, his guitar. The lowest string? I think, I don't it's know like a a, if it's the lowest. It? it looks like a D, but it sounds low. Right, he's like maybe tuned it down. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome, though. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I mean, some of the best like pop music is literally just like a drum beat, a cool bass line, yeah. and a great vocal. Well, that's like, exactly how dreams work, isn't it? That's just basically... The way through, but yeah. the interest comes from the vocal melody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Also reminds me of like um. Oh, Billy Jean. Billy Jean. Yeah. yeah. Declan can play anything. <laughs> it's like you mentioned anything, like uh, oh yeah, you remember that that rare B side from uh, Fleetwood Mac's seventh <laughs> album? Oh yeah, I can play that. <laughs> I wish I could. <laughs> so I was going for that sort of thing. Or when I wrote it, I wasn't, uh, when I sat down, I wasn't actively thinking of writing a song. Mm. Like, I was actually, like, a bit, I've been a bit manic all over the place for the past week. And it was one of the one things that had slipped my mind. And I kind of sat in my bed, picked up my guitar, and I was just like, I feel like I could write a song now. Right. I wasn't even actively thinking about writing a song for the podcast. That's a nice I, feeling when you just, just like, yeah, yeah, I can feel it. I just, I just felt like, all right, if I mess something, mess with some chords and keep it really simple, let's see what I can come up with. Because mm. usually when I write a song, I come up with the, the riff first, mm. always. Like when I, when I wrote the songs of my EP, and that was like, some of them I wrote like five years ago. 
Right. And it was oh, it's always had to be the riff. I, I had to come up with the, the quirkiest riff yeah. before I put the chords to it. And then, so I was thinking, why, why should I have to do that? So I was like, why don't I just start with a nice chord mm. and just put some chords together and see where it goes? So I had the sort of this... Uh, uh, this chord, I was messing around with the, this one, and I was like, well, I mean, that's too simple. So I had to change it up a bit, and I mean, it's not really a big difference, but, you know, it's going from a normal F power chord major, uh, I suppose that's a seventh. I'm, I'm not big on the theory like you guys. Yeah. You're right, it's a seventh, but yeah. it's got the suspended B and E on the Yeah. So I was like, well, I'm going to stray away from the whole power chord thing, and see what sort of like melody I can get over the top with the open strings. Yeah. Because I always find like if you have a chord on open strings, you may as well use them. I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. You know, so so I was messing around and I came up with this. So. And I thought that sounds really cool. But if you end on that note, um, well that's on the B strings. A, B, uh, A, isn't it? I, I see. My theory is lacking severely. Uh, that. Uh, note there is C sharp. Yeah, C sharp. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, because it's the octave of that one. So I was like, well, that kind of lends itself to then going to A. Yeah. It just seems it to feels because like it, 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 it shares the note. So I was like, well, I guess it's A. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then E. But the one thing that I wanted to do is not have the whole thing straight. And I kind of, I, I will admit, I messed this up a few times when I just sang it to you. But at the end of the chorus, instead of going straight, so A, E, F, all the way through, I thought, hey, you know, that sounds too much like the verse. So I thought, well, on the last reboot of the chorus, I'll just slap a G and a D at the end of it and let oh, it Oh, that's cool. <laughs> just that sort of thing to sort of call attention to the fact that this part's over now, right? Let's get yeah. back to the fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, sorry to interrupt, but no. I was going to say, it's interesting that mm. you say you normally start with a riff, yeah. and then this time you're like, you'll try some chord stuff. Yeah. But even that sort of like, F sharp seven with the open strings. Even that is sort of like riffy. Yeah. Like the do 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 that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. But it was. I, I guess it. I wasn't so much putting the emphasis on it. Mm. Like a lot of my other songs, like one of them is like, even though it's built off the notes of a chord, it was. It's all like. And I always had to come up with sort of weird riffs. Yeah. And I still like doing that, but I wanted to just like. Constrain myself into not doing it, and then it's, <laughs> it sounds riffy anyway. <laughs> it's kind of interesting, like if you try and uh, give yourself uh, limitations, yeah. you always end up trying to find ways to break those yeah, limitations. Yes, yeah. it's a strange one, isn't it? But, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you can't really escape, like, I was going to say your roots in a way, but yeah. like, if you're like a riff guy, yeah. riffs are going to make their way back in yeah. somehow, somewhere. Some yeah. yeah. But yeah, really cool work. I really like it. No, thank you, thank you. I'm looking forward to hearing you guys. Well, Mm. Oh, God, I just remember what we have to play. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, right, and that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah, thanks for coming in, man. Yeah, and now cool. we don't have to play anything. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, great work. And, mm. So, anything else you can think to say about it at all before we move on? Um, not particularly, really. I mean, have you guys got any more questions, really, about it? Where does the lyric come from, the whole modify thing? Okay, so basically. Um, and you can't can choose to not answer lyric questions. No, it was. When I write a song, I always base it off personal experience. Mm. Like, I was listening to your podcast when you guys asked me to come on. What It must have been last week's, I suppose. Right. Or the yeah. week before, maybe. And, like, I loved the way you were talking about using symbolism and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. I, I kind of overdo that a little bit. You but... do? You, uh, no, I don't think you can overdo it. Because the thing is, you're trying to tell a story within a song. Yeah. And so... When I write a song, even though I base it off personal experience, I will still try and paint a picture and leave it a little bit ambiguous, because mm. there's no point giving everything away. I, could, I agree completely. So yeah. there's, there's like lines of my song where it's like, here we are again, sitting in the middle of Lucy's room as the needle pierces through, and it sounds like it could be, like, I don't know, drugs or something like that, Right. but that's completely not intended, but it just happened that way, and I thought, I'll leave it. But the whole yeah. concept of the song, really, I was talking to someone really close to me about the body modifications. Mm. Oh, okay. and, and like, uh, like tattoos and stuff like that. Hence modify. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. And, and, the, and the, literally, like, the first line, here you are again doing damage to yourself. And I was like, oh, you know, I've got a song there already. You know? And it fits with the riff. Like, yeah. from, from the moment you played 
that riff and then had the lyric of it, mm. I was like, oh, that's a good song already. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I always do that. I'm like, if I like the first vocal phrase with a riff, then it, I'm kind of sold on a song. So, yeah. But sorry, you were saying like about how you wrote it and all that. Well, I, yeah. I, I, to me, the, the subject of the lyrics are, mm. isn't very important to me. Mm. I mean, I like them to make sense. Like, there's a lot of people that say, oh, lyrics mean diddly squat, you know, just mm. come up with a good melody. And I think there has to be a happy balance. So if I have a hook sort of phrase in my head, for me, the rest of the song has to relate to it and move on from it and tell a story. Mm. But it's not the utmost importance what it's about. If an idea comes to me, I'll flow with it. Sure. Yeah. And if it's like a personal experience and like emotional yeah. and bonus yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. That's all really I have to say about it, to be honest. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, I've got a question for you. Yeah. Um, do you reckon you'd actually take it to Majaro and play it like as a band? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I could, That's the I'd best love to hear it. <laughs> definitely. Like no breath pause or anything. Just definitely. There, there was um, I, I've got a little um, project that, well, it's not my project. I guess um, me and my girlfriend are hopefully starting a duo soon. Oh cool. Um, she's been learning electric guitar well she can play acoustic as well but the idea behind the project is that she plays electric guitar and I play the drums and we're going for that sort of like white stripes sort of but reverse because she's the female front in the band and we've been working on this cover and I was telling her that like, you need more originals and there's one riff like that I've ever written Mm. that I've actually given to someone else <laughs> and, and that was uh, the other week I sat down because usually I write all songs and I'm like I can do this in my band you know right. I don't ever write a song and not intend it to be played in a band right right because that's just who I am sure you know yeah. I do I can do solo stuff but the band stuff is my one passion I think oh, I so got exactly your feeling mm. yeah you two definitely share that and I kind of thought that the other day when we came and saw you because obviously um, for anyone listening who doesn't know this, which is Most pro- probably people. everyone listening, because <laughs> no one knows this fact that's only in my brain. Um, but um, we uh, we know you, Matt, through um, the open mic you host in Perrinporth. Yeah. And so we've seen you play acoustic like a number of times. And then we found out that your band was playing and we went to go and see you. And I was like, oh, it makes so much sense. You were the band. Like, I mean, you're amazing acoustic, obviously. Um, but to see you with the band, it's like, that's your context. Like you said, that's yeah. your thing. Yeah. So. So yeah, but I look forward to hearing that song in that band. Sweet. That'd be awesome. So, uh, anything you want to add, Declan? No. <laughs> that's a quick answer to that one. Yeah, that's that's no, good, because I, I feel like I've talked about myself way too much. So. Well, that's why that's you're fine. here. Yeah. You're guest, uh, you yeah. answered my question about the um, lyrics and everything, so that's cool. Yeah, no, yeah awesome. Thanks for asking the questions. It's really cool. It's great to have you on and great to hear the song. So. Yeah. Right, oh, I believe it's your turn now. Oh boy. Okay, right. Um, so basically, I don't know if you know this, Matt, but you know this, uh, Declan. Uh, we're kind of like in the last uh, two, as of this week, of our, our run of seven songs. And so... I had to take a breath then. Um, so, it's so um, emotional, it affects you. <laughs> so for the last three, I was like, I want to have like a common theme to the last three songs. Mm. So I texted my friend, uh, my friend Joe, uh, from P Green Boat, which is the band I'm in. Yeah, which and, is awesome um, and you should listen to and you can find it on your bandcamp. pgreenboat.bandcamp.com for anyone interested. Mm. Um, but I texted him, I said to him, like, I want to do like, because he's great with words, he's the lyricist and vocalist in P Green Boat and I do the music. Yeah. And um, I texted him saying, I want to do three of a kind of a song. Could you send me like lists of threes? Mm. And... Um, and I didn't get a response for a while, and then I got like this giant text with like the three gold, the th- you know, like the three bears, uh, daughter, mother, grandmother, like da 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 da, all these things. And he sent me one that was um, three types of cocktails, mm. and I thought for some reason that's the one that stuck out. So last week's song was called Martini, right. and this week's song is called Daiquiri. Okay. So uh, yeah, so there's like the second in my. Why don't you come on over, Daiquiri? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm just going to have a swig of water and then I will jump right in. Alright, so this one's called Daiquiri.
keep myself alive songs with kind of a country feel it's not normally what I associate with um, your the type of music that you tend to make it's a little unusual for me yeah definitely um, I tell you where the country influence came from was um I was watching a video on YouTube the other day um, about the influence Johnny Cash had on musicians mm. and um, what was it yeah so father John Misty who I'm a big fan of and Brandon Flowers who's the singer from the killers mm. who's like one of my favorite songwriters they were both on this show, like, talking about um, why they like Johnny Cash so much. And they both played a song of his, like, on the show, like, a live performance. And one thing I noticed was, like, A, the songs were really good. Because I'm not, like, a huge Johnny Cash fan, but I was just, like, in interested in the video. A, the songs were really good. And B, they were really simple. Yeah. They were, like, three chords, some of them. Four chords, mm. like, some of the others. But there was so much, like, humanity and emotion and great storytelling in it. Like, mm. Johnny Cash, like, how you'd imagine. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to write a song that's, like, more simple like that. And, like, I had these songs in my head that whole day. So when I sat down with the guitar, like... It was kind of informed by that. Very much informed by it that. It sounds like we both, like, had the same idea, really. Well, like, kind of, like, to, watching a video and then, like... Just, just take, like, like to the strip it back to the bare bones and Completely. write simple. Because, like, often, like... Um, I'll kind of do things like have loads of modulation, mm. like key changes, chord changes, and like all these crazy things. And there's really not too much in this that's like, what's the word, Declan? Like, chromatic outside out of, of key? the scale, yeah, out, out, of, out of key, I guess. Mm. Um, there's the A major seven because this song's in. I'm going to say C, but it's second capo, so it's actually so it's actually, actually in D. D. But for the sake of me not stumbling over my words, yeah, uh, you got the A major seven and then an F minor. The minor four, but then that sort of works in that progression. You've got the major four in front of it. The... Yeah, so mm. like that change isn't like as as implied as I would normally make. It's usually it's like that sort of thing. But like it's just like a. So it's almost like a passing note. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like that's the kind of like stylistic influence of the song, like that Johnny Cash type of thing. And I'm not like a huge country fan, but I, I admire the storytelling and stuff in it. Are you more of a Johnny Cash fan now, since watching the show? Yeah, I am, definitely. Yeah. Definitely now. That's good news. Yeah, that is very good news. <laughs> you said that as if, because we've got you, it's surprise! We've got you the record. Johnny Cash t-shirt that everyone wears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one Cash on the front with the dog. Um, but let me think. So, lyrically, um, the song is about... A conversation I had with you the other night, Declan. Okay, I think I know what this is about. Um, so basically the song is like about um, doing what you want in life mm. and like not feeling obliged to do things. Um, just kind of meeting your own needs, taking care of yourself and not kind of feeling obliged to attend things that maybe you would rather just kind of go home and 
slump on the sofa instead, you know, mm. kind of like listening to what you feel like doing and actually doing it. Take an yeah. active course in your destiny somewhat. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And just kind of like, I don't know, it's something I've been doing for like the past week where like, I'll try my best to, um, if somebody says to me, do you want to do something? I'll answer as honestly as I can. Mm. And sometimes the answer is no, and I find no really hard to say to people and stuff. So, and me and Declan talked about this. Actually, after your gig, we like, I drove Declan back to, to yeah. his house after your gig and we just like spoke about this in the car mm. and uh, I was like that's a good topic to write a song about um, it is kind I of did like... actually say to you afterwards I left the car I better be in one of your weekly <laughs> songs now. and I just went it will yeah. <laughs> um, but I try, like I'm kind of the same with you with songs mm. uh, Matt um, where I'll write about personal experience but I I don't like to put the facts out there quite so much yeah. I like to leave it open ended so now I've that's kind of the thing about the weekly song podcast is like now I've said to people on a podcast this is what the song's about yeah. you could probably get a little bit more yeah. whereas if I don't say that and I just release the songs then people like have to make their own meaning, yeah. meaning which I like doing mm. like some of my favourite artists I like getting my own meaning from their songs mm. like I'm sure everybody does mm. but um, the first two lyrics that came to me were um, who's the boss late in the evening when your working day is through which came from something you said Declan I can't remember verbatim what you said but you basically said like when you're at work, you are being paid a wage to mm. do something because you're getting money. You're, you're kind of on well, someone else's was, time. I think I was talking why I was about why I'm an unsocial, lonely git. <laughs> it's because when, when you're at work, obviously, you're being paid to be nice to people and mm. give them the best service possible. Mm. And you're being paid to talk all day. When it's your own time, if you've been talking all day, the last thing you want to do is yeah, talk to talk. people. Yeah. Mm. But I kind of like took that as like you're kind of your own boss in the evening if you don't work evenings, obviously. Mm. So, like, if somebody says to you, hey, do you want to go over to this place? And you're like, your feeling is no. Mm. Then no one's paying you to do anything. I think you even said to me, like, you know, when you choose to go somewhere, like, it's your time, your money, your fuel in your car and all that sort of stuff. So that kind of, like, stuck with me as well. So that's that lyric. And then... um, Again, I've done that thing where, like, I, I'm not religious at all, but mm. there's sort of, like, a weird religious tone to the song. The chorus, Oh, Lord, I have sinned. Um, I do like the fact that the next time I didn't keep myself alive. I was just thinking yeah, in my head. Because yeah. like, it ends on the A minor as well, which is where that um, riff actually comes from. The... <laughs> which is yeah. uh, Queen's first single. Keep yourself alive. Yeah, but uh, I was quite happy that's a... Well, it's, it wasn't an, like a reference exactly. It's just like I wrote the song and then afterwards I was like, oh, shit, yeah, Keep Yourself Alive, like the Queen song. Um, but it's almost like... Okay, right. This Be is very careful s- how you phrase this. Mm. No, no, no. I mean, it's, gonna, it's not bad at all. It's just like it might maybe sound pretentious, but like... We're on a songwriter's podcast. <laughs> We're already sounding pretentious. <laughs> That's true. I don't think it's like the perfect place for it, yeah. actually. But like, it's almost like... I don't believe in like any religion or anything like that, but mm. I, it's almost like a sin not to. Oh shit! How do I say this? Like to keep yourself going and sustain yourself mm. and nourish yourself and everything, because like part of like evolution and everything is we need to kind of like propagate the species and keep ourselves going and all that sort of stuff. So if you're not taking care of it, it's like a metaphor for not taking care of yourself. If you're not doing stuff for yeah. yourself, then you're not keeping yourself quote unquote alive. So. Yeah. Um, it, that was one of those lyrics that I didn't like need to say, but it just kind of came naturally yeah. when I had those chords. So, so, so. Uh, the Oh Lord reference then, is that just something naturally that you think sounds good? Or, like, what, 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 you know, what reason have you. Yeah. Like, what, yeah, I'm just in, curious. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, two things. First of all, the Johnny Cash thing. Yeah. Um, Brandon Flowers, who is like a Mormon, so yeah. he's religious, he has a faith. Yeah. Um, and so did Johnny Cash when yeah. he was alive. Um, Brandon Flowers said, I love how like open Johnny Cash was about his faith. Yeah. And he wrote about his faith in songs. So mm. Brandon Flowers, the song he did, um, was like... Uh, I forget the title of the song, but it's like the chorus is like, I found that I can't do everything on my own and I need to put my faith in a, in a power greater than myself. Mm. I think the song's called Power Greater Than Myself or something like that. Mm. And I was like... It's kind of cool to reference God in a song, even if you're not religious, which is probably sacrilegious of me to say that. Um, but That's the benefit of being an atheist. You get to choose which words you use. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I'm not exactly an atheist, but I wouldn't say like I'm anything particular. I believe in something, but that's a whole other podcast, which, yeah, yeah. which we don't do. It's not like you yeah. can check out. <laughs> well, I was going to say this podcast <laughs> is getting more and more political yeah. recently. 
But um, yeah, so and also I like I like using um, religious iconography in songs. Yeah. Just because it's like interesting. Yeah. Um, and having like a god figure in a song, I think creates a, an interesting dynamic. There's no particular reason, yeah. but I think the dynamic it creates is kind of like cool and interesting. Mm. So so there's that. I'm trying to think what else I can say. Unless you guys have any questions about it at all. I'm just kind of thinking like um, how I went into it. I don't have a question per se, but there was one bit. I, I love the whole thing. There's one bit I really liked. Oh. I think you did it like once in the whole song. And this probably just appeals to me and my quirk for the strange riffs I was yeah. talking about earlier. Yeah. There's somewhere in the Middle Eight Bridge, whatever, quote unquote, you was want it? to call it. I like that, but there was one that you did up going Oh, I know board. what you mean, yeah. Um, and then yeah, I like it this sounded really cool. Years and years of satisfaction, I got nothing up my sleeve. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Blackbird codes all the way up. And it's just like, the fact that you just did it once in the song mm. was a really good thing because it left me, I was like mm. constantly wanting to hear it again and that's what I believe in essence, you know, when you're writing a song, you want the listener to almost want to listen, keep listening to it just to hear the good mm. bits. Yeah, totally. Like, if that happened, like, every verse, yeah. I think it wouldn't have the same impact, uh, impact that yeah. it does. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. appreciate that. That's probably my favourite bit of the song, actually. Like, yeah. And it was awesome, because it just, like... You know when you're writing a song, some bits just, like, take... Like, the first verse, and it's not even a great bit of lyricism, but it took me, like, an hour to write the first verse. Yeah. And then I was like... Oh, no, no. And then I had the first verse, and I had the chorus, and I was like... That's awesome, okay, right, writing that down. Yeah. Just like, Does it just happen? Uh, pretty much, yeah. yeah. Like, years love, and years of satisfaction yeah. doesn't really mean anything, and that just fits so yeah. well on yeah. top of the chord, so I was like, I'll keep that. But the, the chord progression, it's just something that just kind of... Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've done it before in... Um, in a song I wrote called Confetti, and yeah. this is giving a bit too much away here because it's like it shows my the similarities in my songs. Right. But I got a song called Confetti where it goes. Um, we both no, oh, we both lost faith too early. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's an interesting way of ascending the scale, yeah. essentially, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and also it's another song I just realised that uses Lord yeah. again, like a. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I was I was going to mention that, but I thought. But but yeah. it also like I suppose another thing is like whenever I use like a, I'm going to stop talking about my song in a minute because I've got that feeling that I'm talking too much. But whenever I use like You're a never talking too a much. religious like piece of lyricism, hmm. I couple it with something that's not yeah, religious. Like in that, that. song, yeah. like we both lost, lost faith, faith too early. early. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Lord, for that. Yeah. Like it's just uh, the, juxt- the juxtaposition of it is cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I like those dynamics in songs where it's like. One thing with with like a polarizing opposite. So mm. That's all I can think of to say about the song. Yeah. So. Oh god. It's Declan's turn. Love the way we with that turn. Right. This is um, my song of the week, um, and uh, I'm gonna muck it up. And it's called Pause, and it goes like this.
cause Okay, right. This might sound a bit superfluous and everything, but that is my favourite song you've written. Thank you. That's really, really good. Thanks. Yeah. That, yeah, that was really, really cool. We exchanged Thank a glance you. in yeah. the middle, just like, wow. <laughs> that was really good. Like, See, I took a bit yeah. of a different route to you guys this week. You yeah. guys were thinking it simple. I thought, what's the most complicated things I can put into this song? <laughs> Which is why it starts on that like seventh and then, oh sorry, and then it moves the one and the three just up one in the scale, but then it does that again and does different bass lines. Was that a, was that a chromatic bass line going on in the verses? Um, no, that's um, just descending uh, down the chords. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, root five third second. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. Octave. Uh, sorry. Uh, third octave fifth. Makes loads of sense to mm. people who uh, don't know music, <laughs> but it's just moving down the chord essentially, yeah, yeah. It is, and ending on a different place every time. Mm. Mm. Um, I've just got like a couple things in my head that I really like about the song, if you don't mind. Cool. Um, the bass line is really killer, really great. Yeah. What you just played then, that's awesome. Um, that first chord of the song is really good, like the first one of the verses. Um, really, really like that. I want to know mm. what that is in a minute. Thirdly, the lyrics are amazing. Oh. The lyrics are so like. I don't know, um, endearing and moving and really yeah. good. Well, um, yeah. I was struggling for lyrics for so long. Like, I had um, another set of lyrics, which is all about the same thing called Spark, which is always about the spark inside my heart and all that sort of bollocks. But I thought, that doesn't make sense. So I was just sat here desperately thinking, like, last night, what am I going to write about? Mm. And then um, I just thought, well, what could I say? I guess I should start to open up my heart. Ooh! That's good. But um, I've just been fiddling around with the music as well, and I uh, just listened to the La La Land soundtrack, and I just watched uh, The Lion King again. So uh, It's got both of those influences. Rock yeah. and Roll Me, I wanted to make it sound like it could be like a character in a musical, yeah. like where they just sing at the beginning of the film mm. about what they want. So um, I don't know about you, Matt, but I could kind of picture that yeah. being like a character song. It's oh, yeah, their, their monologue song in a film. And it's got, it's got the... Um, emotion there that you can kind of feel that it's like correct me if I'm wrong but the essence seemed to me it was like well you know things can go wrong but it's a blip yeah. and and it, they, it came across as like almost mm. like a happy-go-lucky sort of vibe of like you know this is kind of sad but it'll pass and we can be bouncy yeah. again yeah, yeah. essentially what it's, it's about is about being out of love for a long time and yeah. getting the bored, yeah. getting bored the fuck with it. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really good lyrically as well because it's obviously like moving, mm. but it's also funny. Yeah, and also it kind of breaks the fourth wall of like, no, it doesn't do that exactly, but it's like this is a song. It actually kind of says that it little it implies it in the lyrics, which I love. I love that kind of stuff. It's funny. Well, I like uh, doing things like that. Like um, on Tales You Tell, there's one bit in that where it goes but in this moment there is nothing left to say and it just does one more chorus and there's no more original words in the song yeah it's just i like little things like that like okay reach the end of what i gotta say now i'm out yeah two two songs come to mind um that i really like um one of them i can't remember who it's by or the name of it but there's one song where somebody just is it's like a really great piano ballad and somebody just sings this one's writing itself I'm just like, mm. that's so cool. Yeah. And another one is um, Prince's um, Call My Name, which is like one of my favourite Prince songs, where he goes, I just can't stop writing songs about you. I love you so much. Mm. It's like, that's one of those songs, and you can just yeah. picture him in his house. Yeah. Like, yeah. Anyway. It's, it's almost the idea, like, it's not lyrics anymore. This is just train of thought, which is not what's happening here. That is actually lyrics. But, sure, sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, you said you wanted to know what the chord at the beginning was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that is is just a... I turn my phone off. Uh, all that chord at the beginning is is a D major seven. Yeah. Which actually I wrote it um, a key down, but I found it really difficult to sing. Yeah, the song suits your voice. I'm not just trying to be sycophantic here, but the song suits your voice, uh, your range and everything. But it used to be a lot slower and it used to go. Yeah. 
did it like that, I'd be here all fucking evening. So. Well, also, for some reason, the key that you play it in now, like I say, it gives it a whole different vibe. It really does, yeah. Yeah, like the lower, it'd anything. just be too sombre for the lyrical. Even though the lyrics are sad, they imply that things will get better when you say, this is just a momentary pause. Yeah. I love that bit. Yeah, Thank me you. too. Yeah. It's kind of like... um. Like it's the same. Like Frank Turner is one of my favorite artists, and he did an album recently called "Positive Songs for Negative People." Right. Okay. So a lot of those songs are like, "Yeah, we're gonna get through this." It's a bit shit now, but yeah. we're gonna get through this. Yeah. Mm. And like particularly a song called "Get Better," which is one of my favorite songs of all time. But that's sort of the feeling I was going for. Like the sort of, yeah, it's gonna be good. Yeah. For now, it's a bit crap, but you know. Yeah. One day. It kind of reminds me of like the humor on um a song of the La La Land um soundtrack there or oh, like um what a waste of lovely exactly. night yeah. <laughs> some, like, uh, yes and your what? polyester suit it's wool, wool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have you seen that man I haven't watched it yet I want to it's really good it's yeah. really good even yeah. just like from a musical perspective yeah. um, Declan's got the vinyl over there which I'm really jealous of but um, all the songs are amazing on it mm. it's got like really really good um, songwriting on it yeah, I've heard it's kind of a bit of a groundbreaker. It is, yeah. It's kind of combines the best of old, the golden age of Hollywood mm. with modern values and sensibilities. So yeah. It's quite cool. But I don't want to talk too much about it because if I talk too much about it, I'm going to spoiler it. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But... Spoiler alert. But, um, yeah. So, uh, you wrote this yesterday, didn't you? Today's Tuesday when we record. You wrote, you wrote this on Monday? I wrote the words yesterday. I had... Um, the rough idea for the music mm. on uh, it would have been the beginning of Sunday mm. because I wrote my first draft of the lyrics I wrote the music and then I had to go out and do something with Sam so I wrote the words while I was taking his show mm. but I didn't get a chance oh, to right. test them so that's why I came home yesterday and found out they didn't work so shit yeah. Yeah. <laughs> gotta write something new I, I really think you... I live in fear of the day where one of us doesn't write a song in time. <laughs> I, had, I had a dream um, before last week's episode on, on Monday night mm. that I'd come to the podcast without a song and Declan banished me to a room and made me write one. And yeah. It's amazing the power I have over him. <laughs> in dreams, anyway. That's not weird. Um, <laughs> songwriting dreams. Um, but what was I going to say? I really, I really hope you record that for the selfish reason that I'd actually like to have that on my iPod and like listen to it more. Mm. Uh, I'll, I'll record a version just for you then. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I'd like to have a copy too, man. Okay, fun. fantastic. Maybe yeah. I re- could just record one copy and distribute it to loads of people. In I, fact, I if enough people should. wanted it, I could charge some money for it. <laughs> Declan Kitchener there, inventing the record industry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't created the um, uh, business people to take all the middleman money at the minute. It's a, it's a business, it's a... It's a business plan. Yeah, progress. see, see in, in my world, you just cut them out. Yeah, that's what <laughs> yeah. I kind of like. Like, um, just, you know, as much as it's, you know, you are low level and you're not getting that much exposure, yeah. at least you are taking everything. Yeah. In terms of, like, you are giving everything and taking everything, so it's kind of like an honest trade. Th- just yeah, with the and exactly. I, I, I think if you're writing songs, although you... There's an element of you that wants people to appreciate what you do as an art form. Because mm. that's, you know, why would, you know, art is about expressing how you feel. And if there's no one to express to, then it's a bit lame. But at mm. the same time, it's a vent for your emotions or mm. your feelings. So if something sounds or feels right to you, I don't believe that, you know, it, it should be changed for anyone else. No, I agree. It's a weird balance, isn't it? And and I think a lot of like people in the industry will well from experience will advise you you should change this. You should change you should make that. it safer, more commercial. Yeah. Whereas I've I've always held the view that an artist should just make what the artist wants to make, yeah. and the audience will find them. Yeah. Yeah, I like, completely uh, agree with that. I mean, you can't just sit there creating and not do any promotion whatsoever. But yeah, you know, given decent effort, your audience will find you. Yeah, I I think the the best art is made by artists who have a vision of what they want to make, and mm-hmm. then um, there's you know billions of people on the planet. It's going to appeal to a small niche at least. I mean, yeah. people make like noise music, and it has an audience. So 
you know, um, songs, no matter what type of songs you're writing, will have an audience as well. Mm. So, um, is there anything else you'd like to add about the song at all? Um, not much, apart from, obviously, that middle bit modulates to a key. Oh, yeah, 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 I wanted yeah. to mention that, yeah. 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 It uh, goes, it, most fits in D, that middle bit modulates to F sharp, but it uses an E major, which is out of key. Yeah, I noticed that and I loved that as well. I just I, I forgot I forgot where it was, so I didn't know what to ask. But sh show us again how you do that bit, because it's really good. But then it's quite nice getting out of that because that's the major third of D. But I use that in the um, middle of the verse. The only time it's open is it. So it's quite a nice way to get back and just yeah. repeat the last half of the verse. What was the key change that you did? I, I guess you'd call it a bridge. There was a really big key change. The one, the one we mentioned earlier, there was another one where there was like a big yeah, low chord. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't know what it was, but it was really good. Um, if you... If I play through a second, yeah. you stop me. Sounds like a dumb question. How, how many semitones down from the original key of the song is that chord? Oh, uh, what? Well, C sharp? Yeah. Well, it's normally in D. So it's a major version of the seventh of that scale. Of the sharpened seventh of that scale. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> I've never. You make it sound really clever. That was literally just. I just sat here like. What's well, an interesting chord that's got that note in it? There we go, there we go yeah. Well, right. some of the best things are just like happy accidents. Yeah. So. But yeah, I really like it. I genuinely really like that song. It's really I, cool. There's a lot, there's so much interest in it. That was the cool thing. But it also, like you said, I think it's got it made like, you feel good as well. It's got like replay value, which is like, I think that's yeah. probably the best compliment I could give to any song. Well, where like you, it's like the La La Land soundtrack. Like you think about it when you're not listening to it and you're just like, Oh, I love that when that chord change happens. Yeah. Or, or that lyric's so sweet. Or like that sort of stuff, you know? I know what you feel now about feeling self-conscious about talking about this yeah. song for too long. <laughs> well, I think we've all had like kind of like a nice chunk of time to talk about it yeah. this week, so. Yeah. Because we don't have like a discussion topic this week. Apart from questions that I have for Matt. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd, I'd actually like l happily forgotten about that, so. Well, uh, at least yeah. you weren't worrying until now. Yeah, you can make me <laughs> squirm. Just back of your mind, always. <laughs> right, so we got, they're just well, like kind of silly. We've got, you've got, you're holding the paper. Um, we've got like a couple of like, you know, easy little questions. Yeah. Just to kind of like get, let the audience get to know you as a songwriter. Easy more. little questions. Okay, thank you. Right. Um, this is a difficult one. Mm. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> You've Easy. given the game away, Roger. I mean, um, no, this one's... Uh, if you had to say what your favourite album was, what would it be? No, that is difficult. I know. I don't, I don't even think it's possible Or even one that just that. comes to mind. Because obviously, like, tomorrow you might like feel Like, ones different. that stay with you, maybe. Okay, so there, there was one album which, when I first started taking the band stuff seriously, mm. that... I was obsessed with, and I still love them as a band. They're my favorite bands. It would be Queens of the Stone Age. Right. Their first album. Yeah. And that's where uh, it's it's self-titled. It's just called Queens of the Stone Age, mm -hmm. and that's where I got the sort of bug for the weird and wonderful riffs. Because mm. um, he plays in weird guitar scales and keys and everything. Yeah, I, I, like well, it, I think it stemmed from. The first band that the frontman Josh Homme was in is Caius, mm. and um, in the later days of Caius, maybe mid to late days, he would use like Lyd Lydian modes and stuff like that mm. to solo him, and then in Queens of the Stone Age you hear him riffing in them those modes, yeah. and he will actually like um, 
in interviews, he says about how he will like make himself not use a string, so he's like skipping strings. That's awesome. Just to just to come up with something that hasn't been done before, mm. and. I think when I was younger, I was obsessed so much that it, it probably sounded very much like them. And nowadays, I don't like to do that. I, li I like to be me. But if I come across a weird and wonderful riff or chord progression, mm. then I like it and I'll use it. Absolutely. But yeah, that, that was the, the album, I'd say, that inspired me at the time when I was taking music, starting to take music seriously. Queens of the Stone Age debut album. Yeah. Have you ever seen, um, it's kind of a topic, but not really. Have you ever seen Josh Homme's, um, what the hell is the video series called? Guitar like, Moves. Guitar Moves. Have you ever seen his Guitar yeah. Moves video? Yeah. He, yeah he's, he just, does... he's discussing, like, it, I think the phrase he uses is, like, oh, soloing in this mode, it almost feels like you're bowing to the audience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and um, I remember, I can't play it anymore, which I, I'll have to go back and watch the video, but I, I learnt that what he does with the pentatonic scale there, with yeah. that bowing thing, like Declan said, um, He's just so creative as a guitarist. It's mm. amazing. Mm. I mean, um, uh, I'm going backwards through Queens of the Stone Age because uh, yeah. I've only just discovered them, really. But um, I think like Clockwork is like like a masterpiece. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it is. Um, but um, yeah. Anyway, next question. Um, uh, how long have you been writing songs? I've been writing songs since I was ten. Wow. Jesus. It's longer than both of us. But. Um, I can't say any of them with any like particular substance when I was that age, but I would. Um, I didn't have a social life as a kid, so <laughs> when I started playing guitar at ten years old, I was in my bedroom. Like if I got home from school, I'd play guitar from when I got home from school till I went to bed wow. ev every day. Um, so I would, um, and most of it would be like really cheesy drop D like heavy metal stuff that I thought was really cool at the time um, and I guess it kind of progressed from there but there was a stage when I got to college and I started this was around the I mean I got into Queens of the Stone Age when I was when I really got into them it was probably like 13, 14 maybe a bit earlier mm. and I started college and wanted I knew then that I wanted to do music and um, there was a phase in the first year where I didn't really, I was trying so hard to start bands and stuff like that and it, it, it just wasn't happening because as soon as I knew I could play guitar I wanted to do bands. Mm. So at like, 11 years old I was getting kids together in like year 7 at school. Like, That's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I digress. I, I, I've almost like lost track of what the question was really. Like when you start music, it's perfect, it's just like when you started yeah. and how you did it basically. And so then... When I got to the second year of college, they said you have the option to because you you're put in you on my particular course you're put into bands in the first year. I think you're on the same course as me. Yeah, it's a, a, a just a diploma in popular music. Truro College. Truro College. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You must have had like Toby Seth and yeah. people were like right. Yeah, yeah, I did exactly the same course as no you. Way, Toby man. was my tutor. He's a lovely guy. How old are you? Twenty three. Twenty three. You yeah. were the year below me then because I'm twenty four. That's crazy. So, yeah. I kind of know I know you from somewhere. That must be where. Um, but, like, we'd never spoken before I met you at Perrinport, no. but I was in a band in the year above you, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. So what essentially this conversation has revealed is that I'm the least qualified person in the world to music. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so, like, like I said, the, the songs I wrote when I was young, there weren't really any substance. Mm. But when, once I got to the second year of college and they said you could start your own bands if you would choose, right. that's, a, like, I knew there was people there that would be along the same commitment. Sure, they want to be the, in that yeah, place too. They, yeah. they want to be there. Yeah. yeah, so I got together and I'd never like tried... I, I sang in my bedroom, like at 10 years old, coming mm. up with songs that I'd never play now. Mm. But um, no one like even knew I could sing. And I was like, I'm going to give it a go. Yeah. And then since then, I haven't really looked back. So I'd, I'd say the first serious songs I started writing was 16, probably, 16, 17. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've been... Doing it since I was ten, I think. That's amazing. It's much longer than us. Like I thought, like you said, you started playing music at around um, twelve, and you started writing it like, but about twelve as well. Yeah. yeah. See, whereas I didn't start learning instruments till I was fifteen, and I yeah. started writing at about eighteen, nineteen. Yeah. 
Yeah, so like, but that's, you've got that's, nearly a decade on there. <laughs> but that's serious skills then, man, that you can like crack out songs like that. Well, yeah, like, I mean, your writing ability is crazy. It's like, you've been writing for like that amount of time, and you're 24 now, and taken, you've got like... It's taken me till now to, uh, to be happy with what I write. Well, no and, one, and no one ever they, is happy with what they write, though, is the thing. Though, no, so. of course not, because you're always, in your mind, you're striving for the next best thing in your perception. Of course. I, lo I like that, just on a huge side note, I love it, that thing in your head that's like, you don't like what you've just done and you like what you're going to do next. I think that's an amazing energy. The best yeah. song is always the next one. Yeah. yeah, I think that's such a great creative force. I, I love it. Anyway, mm. but that's, like I say, it's a dig digression. Um, anyway, the next uh, boo question on the old listy poos is... Um, you get used to that. <laughs> is, um, who are your three favourite songwriters off the top of your head? <laughs> Oh man. Um, well, obviously you know Josh Homme is going to be there. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, uh, from what I've heard, um, they pinched a lot of stuff. So I don't know. I, I would like, in my mind, they're great songwriters, but be Led Zeppelin. Mm. Oh, right. Jimmy Page is Jimmy... Riff Masters. It's him and Tony yeah. Omi, the Riff Masters, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but also, uh, I think. I think collectively I refer to Led Zeppelin songwriters as a whole because I don't think you'd hear anyone else in the band writing the vocal melodies the way Robert Plant did. Mm, sure. Or even yeah. even if you call it writing, but the way their songs, like Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You and are oh, fantastic. Yeah. Like, just stuff like that. It's just incredible. Well, they had a like a... Sorry, I feel like I'm hijacking the questions no, that I'm asking yeah, you to answer, yeah, but I was just yeah. going to say, I feel like they have like a real like nice mix of like they're definitely stealing things and definitely being hugely innovative yeah, at the same a, time that's the thing yeah. their whole uh, thing from the first couple of albums was we're going to take the blues and going to rev it up to yeah. an extent that no one's done it before yeah. then the interesting stuff comes where they start branching out a little bit like for example Trampled Underfoot one of my favourite Zeppelin yeah. songs yeah. it's just all about Bonham and John Paul Jones their sort of funk history Yeah, and like that sort of thing coming to the floor. what do you think of Gallo's poll? That's got such a great rhythm section to it, that track. It builds and builds all the way through. That's I can't remember really it. Cool. You, you know that Take me to the gallows pole. It did. It starts yeah. off like, on, on, it's, it's almost got like a backbeat feel to it. Mm. And the bass is But then it builds and builds into like, yeah, it just builds and builds and builds yeah. the whole way through. So well, they've got one of the coolest uh, rhythm sections. Yeah, oh, yeah. definitely. Um, Bottom's amazing drummer, isn't he? Absolutely. So you were asking for three, were you? Three. So you got yeah, Josh Homme. Josh Homme. <laughs> and the, by the way, just to clarify, these can be like songwriting teams. Like, yeah, for yeah. example, Led Zeppelin, yeah. I consider like a songwriting yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Josh Homme really is, I would say, the songwriter in Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah, so. sure. Um, you got that tricky I, third one now. Yeah, well, I, I think it would probably be Kurt Cobain. Oh, you e say, Even yeah. though, like... You know, so many people will be like, oh, you know, typical guy just like likes all the grungy stuff. But if you like strip, if you even just listen to the isolated vocal tracks Kurt Cobain did on the Nevermind album, yeah, like the intervals between the notes and the harmonies, which you just think, how does that even work? But then when you bring the instruments in, like on Lithium, I've yeah. heard the isolated well, one for that, and yeah. that's amazing. Well, the Lithium guitar part is one of my favourite guitar parts yeah. to play. It's so weird, and it shouldn't fit together yeah. properly, but it does, and it's awesome. Yeah, that's the reason yeah. I love Nirvana so much. Well, all three of those writers, as far as I can tell, um, especially Josh Homme and um, Kurt Cobain, they do that thing where they'll put stuff in that, like you just said, shouldn't work, mm. um, but does work. Mm. Um, and... Uh, I, I kind of thought that when I watched your band the other night, like, you've you've kind of got this, like, if it's the riffs or if it's the vocal melodies or it's the way that parts transition to, into each other, there's like an unorthodox uh, likability about it. So I can yeah, definitely really, see that in your really influences. Cool. That, that we were discussing this the other day, me and the bassist and, 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 and the drummer, we were all in the room together and we are just like, you know, and the bassist turned to me and he goes, you know what, I, th I think I've sussed out what our genre is. And the funny thing is that I'd put this on our Bandcamp page when I put the EPL mm. before he'd even said this. And he goes, well, you know, we're quirk rock. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I've always thought that. Quirk rock, yeah. I like that. And I, I'm, I'm like, stealing that. Yeah, I'm like, 
<laughs> it's patented, mate. It's oh, patented. patented. Oh, damn. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, no, that's that's what it's all about. I, th I think music doesn't progress unless you break rules. Well, well, because every, everything's been done before, and no matter what you do, it's always going to sound a little like your influences. Of course. So, what's the harm in breaking a few rules and stepping out of the box? Well, that's agree. the thing. That's the beautiful thing about music. There are no rules. Like yeah. um, <clears throat> even for example, things like in uh, like the medieval period. This is basically I'm just ripping all of this off one of those how good old documentaries. But <laughs> the way they formed notes originally was they took um, metal tubes, mm. recorded the frequencies, yeah. and just halved or third them each time, so that you ended up with the scale that we know now. Except. Yeah. That top note and that top note sounded different mm. because uh, it didn't work out perfectly. So for a long time, all you had were seven notes. Right. So, uh, and everyone was thinking, well, how can we cheat the tuning and everything? Mm. How can we break that? And loads of people saying, you can't. There's only ever going to be seven notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you're going to have to use separate stringed instruments for each key that you play in. You know, you can't move out of key. And... Uh, it's like you're saying, if no one had thought to break those rules or, you know, try and, mm. you know, work out how to break those rules, you wouldn't progress, would you? No. I always think of a Frank Zappa quote um, whenever we talk about this kind of thing, which yeah. was, um, progression is impossible without deviation from the norm. Mm. And it's true. You know, whatever you're doing creatively. I mean, that's the reason I think, like, songwriting or making music in general is so fun mm. and, like... It's something I think about all the time. It's like in my head every day. It's because I get to choose. There's so many areas in our lives where we don't get to choose yeah. what goes on. Yeah. And like, I told you while we were coming coming in here today, yeah. like I'm working on a hip hop EP at the moment. Yeah. Because I'm working with samples, and that excites me because I've been working with single notes for so long and chords. Yeah. That to use chunks of music to make music. Yeah. Is like a whole new inspiring thing. So like, there's no rules, and you can just break any of them and start again and all stuff. So. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, I guess... It seems like a natural round-up point, doesn't mm -hmm. it? It does. I'm sorry, I feel like I've really like spoken over what I've asked you. No, sorry. no. But I think we've all just bounced off each other, which has been really cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's been a good episode. Yeah, it has, actually. Yeah. Do you want to do the wrap-up? That's it for this episode of the Weekly Song Podcast. Um, yeah, it's been a pleasure having you on, Matt. Thank you very much. It really it's has. Been a pleasure Thank being you. here. And Honestly. where can people check out uh, Majaro and your work? Um, so, if you... We were looking for us on Facebook. You can either Google Majaro Band Official as one word, or just type Majaro into Facebook. And also, we are on Bandcamp, and our EP is available on all online stores. And it's called Colorblind EP. So. And it's good. I've heard some of it. I know. To buy it now. That's awesome. Yeah, let me get my phone. So uh, also um, for you listeners. That was weird. Um, <laughs> um, We're if, keeping that in. If anybody is like listening and you write songs, um, you can send them in to us and we can maybe play them at the end of the show. If you live locally to us in Cornwall, get in touch uh, via weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. That's correct. And uh, we'll have you on the show. We'd love to have it. anybody who uh, writes songs on the show. If you're not local to us, like I say, send in a song. And, and we'll send tear us, it to shreds. Send us no, in any nice comments or questions. Or, uh, it's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. Um, yeah, you're not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, send in anything you like to weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, that's kind of it from me. Thank you for listening on my part. Yeah, I think that's about it. See you next week. Tora. Oh, no, no, actually, think about it. Get the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you won't be able to do next week, will you? No. <laughs> no, um, I, I'm travelling to London to see a gig and uh, visiting some family next week, so... Um, so, uh, episode 16 is going to have to be delayed, but we will have details to you. We'll be back in soon. a fortnight, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. We'll be back yeah. in a fortnight. Right, so, see you in a fortnight. Ta-ra! 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 Yay! Ah!